Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody. My name is Jonathan Simeone. I want to welcome you to the latest episode of the Demand Our Access podcast. Today is going to be a little different than all of the other episodes we've done. Today, we are not having a pre-recorded presentation. Instead, we are going to have Desiree Sturdivant with us because we have some updates on the air carrier access complaint that we filed on a previous episode. So that'll be the first topic that we cover today. And then in the second topic, I am hoping to have an interactive discussion with folks on Zoom and folks in Clubhouse um, about complaints and about the podcast. I have some questions that I'll throw out there to hopefully spark some discussion, but I really want to see what people think, how it's working for people, um, and what things could be done to make future episodes uh, maybe better and more useful to the people who are listening. So with that, I would like to welcome Desiree back to the podcast. Desiree, are you with us? Yep, I'm here. Great. So before we get into a discussion uh, of this, uh, just to refresh everybody um, in case some folks weren't here when we did this, um, you've had a lot of really bad experiences traveling with your service animal uh, through Alaska Airline and mm -hmm. finally came to a head. Uh, why don't you just, um, if you want, for a, um, just tell folks, give the, the low the low lights, of it, as sure. it were, what happened to you on this fateful trip? <laughs> so, yeah, so um, this was last year in December, um, and I was, uh, I took sort of a, a quick emergency trip because I had some medical things um, um, to do. And so I knew that I was going to take my guide dog Valkyrie with me and having had some bad experiences before with this specific airline and with some of the new regulations in place, um, I knew that I needed to kind of prepare ahead. So I used the, um, Alaska airlines has an accessibility hotline and I used that number, called them, let them know, you know, I'm traveling with my service animal. This is my flight information for both, both, um, you know, departure, return, all of that. Um, and they checked my form that I had on file that I'd filled out for, for the department of transportation. Um, they told me, you know, your rabies vaccines outdated. We need to update that. So we did that over the phone and they referred me to open doors to fill out another form that you have to do per trip. Um, so I did all of that over the phone and had it all in place. I thought, um, and when I left my house and my, my home, you know, and, and traveled the, Departure trip was fine. I didn't have any problems. They had all my forms. Everything was was good. But when I went to come home, uh, that's when it kind of all fell apart. They told me they didn't have my forms um, and I hadn't updated my rabies vaccine. And so basically they kept me for pre-boarding, didn't give me the seat I needed um, right away to, to accommodate the, the service animal. And I mean, we, I literally just kind of had to board because they were going to, you have to refill out this form and they were trying to keep me from, from 
you know, taking the trip back home. Uh, so after, you know, having that happen and it had happened before in different ways. So I, you know, we, we decided to, um, complain and say, look, this is not okay. The policy is not clear. The employees aren't telling, you know, they're not communicating with each other. Um, so we, we wrote up a complaint in January and submitted it and it's been, was it January? Yeah. I think so. End of Jen. Yeah. When we did the episode, when we filed that. And so I just now recently, now it's March, have heard back from um, the airline and the uh, Department of Transportation. And um, so that's kind of where we are. And I can, if you want to go into reading yeah, that. Yeah, we do will you... do that in just a second. But I sure. want to also say, you know, that under their own regulations, we're supposed to hear back within 30 days. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't really think that happened in this case. No. Um, but compared to everything else that's happened, that is a minor detail. Um, why don't you um, just read through the response you got from an Alaska representative and just mm -hmm. leave out, you know, the case number and people's sure. names and that stuff, but just read through what they sent. Okay. So it's, it says, Dear Desiree, thank you for, sh for sharing your comment via the U.S. Department of Transportation's uh, regarding your December 2022 travel with us. It's our goal to make sure every trip you have on Alaska goes, uh, goes smoothly. Mm -hmm. The best way for us to do that is for, by hearing from you. First, I am very sorry for any disappointment caused. We are committed to accessible and equal travel for passengers with disabilities and take feedback like yours very seriously. In accordance with the U.S. Department of Transportation's Air Carrier Access Act rules regarding seating, Alaska Airlines welcomes service animals on board. We do require you to submit your service animal form at least 48 hours prior to get your scheduled departure, which I did. Also, in accordance with the U.S. Department of Transportation's Air Carrier Access, Access Act rules regarding seating for our passengers with disabilities who are traveling with a service animal, we will gladly we will gladly provide upon passenger request either a bulkhead seat or a seat other than a bulkhead seat. That's what it uh, We may require such a passenger to check in and request the seating uh, accommodation at least one hour before the standard check-in time for that flight. Uh, in review of your service animal form, you had an approved service animal form on file since August 2nd, 2021 is right. However, the rabies vaccine uh, noted with your form expired on August 1st, 2022. You would have received an email a month, then two weeks, and then a few days before the vaccine expired to warn you uh, for the need to update the rabies vaccine and your so that your form could continue to be accepted. However, you did not update the rabies vaccine uh, information and the, and 
the only travel request you submitted was for travel on June 13th of 2022, which that's not accurate either. Uh, there was no attempt to submit a travel request for your travel in question. Had that had that occurred, you would have received another notification that we needed your your form to be updated. You ultimately were permitted to travel with your service animal as planned. Please please ensure you are submitting travel and re, travel request requests at least 48 hours prior to your scheduled travel and updating your form with the rabies vaccinations when they expire. This will help ensure a seamless travel experience for you. And I'm putting my tongue in my cheek right now because no, it won't. <laughs> um, when you request a different seat at check-in, the flight the flight attendant was the I'm sorry, the flight was nearly full and there was limited options available. However, our employees were able to provide a complimentary upgrade to the bulkhead in in our premium class in a seat designated for passengers with disabilities, including those traveling with the service animal. Uh, this seat does provide for greater leg, leg room slash foot space and is specifically designed as an accessible seat. I was pleased to see that we were able to assist and regret that we still fell short of your expectations. After reviewing after reviewing your complaint, we believe we have complied with the provisions set forth in the Air Carrier Access Act uh, regard in regards to your travel with your service animal. Since the travel since you were able to travel as planned with the service animal and your seat assignment uh, and and regarding your seat assignment, we provided a complimentary upgrade and to a designated bulkhead seat that with more space for your service animal. In future travels, we, we have a complaint resolution official um, that are trained in the Air Carrier Access Act and available as a resource in each city we serve. We assure you that we have shared have shared your comments so that we can continue to improve and take and take better care of you next time while we genuinely hope that we have fully addressed your concerns you do have the right to follow up with the united states department of transportation to uh, ensure to ensure enforcement action Desiree, I would like to once again extend my apology for your recent travel ex experience. We value your, your feedback, and for this reason, we regularly use customer, customer comments when making, when making uh, considerations for future improvement or enhancements. That said, I am confident that on future trips, you will enjoy the high level of service that Alaska is known for and you will, and that you deserve. And then it's kind regards in her name. Okay. So I'll, I'm just going to be honest. When I first saw this, um, I got 
<laughs> really angry um, because uh, I don't even think they read what you said in your nope. complaint. Um, nope. You know, just right off the start, um, for one thing, uh, it, people really need to know when we talk about this, that this was the return trip. When you first flew, when you first flew, uh, they had no issues with your form at all. Nope. And under the law and everything else, the forms are supposed to be good for both legs of the trip. And that's what they told you as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it is absolutely preposterous for them to be saying basically everything they said in that response to you. Because if the documentation hadn't been corrected and they didn't have the open doors form, how were you able mm -hmm. to take the original flight? <laughs> yep. Right. I mean, and so, the rabies thing was updated. They didn't say anything to me yes. in, on that and, leg of the trip, you know, yes. and I will say I never received any emails at all. And they're, so they're saying you should have received notifications via email when it was expiring and all that. I never received any of that. Um, right. the, so when I updated it, it was over the phone. That's how I found out it needed to be updated. Right. And again, you called uh, days before mm -hmm. the initial flight. And mm -hmm. again, these are things that people without disabilities do not have to do. And this whole argument about you could check, you know, check in an hour before the flight. Okay. First of all, the law is bad. And yes, they can technically tell you, you have to do that but they never have told you nope. that. Nope. And the other thing, and I just want to stay on that for a second about the whole checking in early. The real issue too is I know, for example, there are some airports where they don't have the ticket counters staffed 24 hours a day. Nope. So let's say you have a 6 a.m. flight. And I'm saying this because I recently yeah. did. Yep, so did I. <laughs> and, and the airport that I was flying from does not have anyone at the ticket counter until 5 a.m. So if I had had to get to the airline, the airport, at 3 o'clock, three hours before my flight, I would have sat there because there would have been nobody around to help me for another two hours. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again... And people, you know, if they had been able to give you the seat when you called days ahead of time, none of this would have happened, but they wouldn't do that, right? They wouldn't change right. the seat over the phone. Right. And then other times when you've flown, they have. Actually they have. I have had them do it for me before. Yeah. Right. And, and this is the whole problem. It's totally, they're just, it's totally inconsistent. The guidance is never the same. and. So we are going to be drafting a response to this, um, which we will email to mm -hmm. the Alaska representative and the Department of Transportation. And we're going to reattach the initial attachment to the complaint since um, like Alaska apparently didn't read it. Um, but it's really important to know here, and I and I hate saying this, but you know, we have to be real on these episodes. 
Um, I don't know why, and I'm so I'm not going to get into motive and speculation, but what Alaska wrote in response is demonstrably false. Mm -hmm. uh, and that matters. It matters a lot because when they say you didn't request travel past June 13th, 2022, uh, that is complete nonsense. Mm -hmm. And it totally overlooks the fact that you uh, traveled to your destination just fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, and the same animal, yeah. the same form, yes. all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when other people are thinking about doing this, you really, it really is a good idea to write this stuff down, as we said at the time, as an attachment. So later, if something really unfortunate like this happens when they're just absolutely refusing to take responsibility and living in an alternate universe, uh, you can send back what <laughs> you sent. Yeah. And, and hopefully yep. the second time um, somebody will read it. Um, but now uh, that we're doing this, there will probably be a, a future update. But as we sit mm -hmm. here now, how do you feel about the process? I mean, the process is is fine. I guess, you know, when I read this and and you know, it, it's like basically you're you're telling me that I'm stupid. You're telling me that I didn't do yes. something that I know I did. Like yeah. I'm tired of having them or anyone, right? Tell us, look, you didn't you didn't do the, these required things that, you know, and you have you do it next time. Like the way they worded it is very um undignified and, and, and yes absolutely and so it makes me in some ways want to push it even more just because mm -hmm. and i'm not even asking him for anything except look i need a clearer policy i want i want things to make more sense for all of us like i'm not asking him for money i'm not asking mm -hmm. them to give me free trips although you know great that'd be nice right i'm not asking for any of that i just want it to be better so that next time I or someone else travels, that it'll be a better experience, like they say the they want for people. And the interesting thing is that, you know, and they even reference it, but I'm not even sure they understand what it means. But when they say, you know, you can get either the bulkhead seat or a seat you requested. Well, the fact is, in this case, you requested a uh, you requested a window seat. That's what you wanted. You didn't want yes. the bulkhead. Right. And so for them to come back and say, well, we met your needs when mm -hmm. you didn't get the accommodation you found satisfactory is not only patronizing, but it's ableist. It is. And it's really important for people to 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 think about this because this is what this is what they will try. Mm -hmm. The fact is you did request a very different seek and you requested it days before on the and in actually for this flight it would be weeks before because you did right. it before so you requested the seat change literally weeks before this flight over the phone mm -hmm. you requested the seat change at the ticket counter at the airport which you're you know told to do mm -hmm. and then you requested it again at the gate which you're also mm -hmm. told to do and they totally would not do what you asked for and now they're and then I didn't, say, I didn't even get to pre-board. 
Right. And they know better than you. They know what meets your needs better than you. And then, as you say, their response doesn't even address the fact that they didn't let you pre-board, which is another thing you are legally required as a person with a disability to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, and. And the reason I, I think, you know, too, it's not even just about, it's like, it's more comfortable for me to have the window, right? It's not even about that. I was trying to do it because for the passengers on either side of me in a middle seat, even with the bulkhead, you know, the dog is, it's hard for them not to have their foot space invaded. So it's not even just about me. Like, no. <laughs> it, it, it's, I think it's easier for everyone if you have a window seat. That's my yeah. preference too. Right. I, right. I even like it when I don't, even though I don't have a service animal right now, because um, I don't want to have to figure out when people want me to move or right. who wants me to move. And right. I don't want to move when they have to get back in. And so, mm-hmm. so I totally agree with it. But again, they think that they can substitute their judgment for mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, but why don't we see if we have any questions at this point about the uh, complaint process and where we are. And again, we do expect, uh, we'll probably send this out today, um, our response. And we, we, we do uh, expect at least something from DOT. I assume Alaska will say something and it will be fascinating uh, to see what they say since uh, what they said this time was a, a fabrication. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, if somebody could request their phone records and things, uh, it would be obvious that what they said is mm-hmm. false. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be very interesting. Do we have any questions in Zoom or Clubhouse? Uh, yes, we have uh, a raised hand in Zoom. Okay. And that is Dawn. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Dawn. Hello, Desiree. So first Hi. of all, again, I'm sorry you went through this, quite frankly, I'm just going to put it monstrosity, because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And yes. I'm sorry that the system is basically just chewing you up and spitting you out, because that's what they're doing. And I honestly, I hope you never have to fly with these people again because. Oh, but I do (laughs) a lot. (laughs) The sad thing is, I, I don't think they read your complaint either based on what they're based on what you're saying, because I ran into something similar, not necessarily an ACA violation, but I ran into something with another, with a tech support call and it had to get escalated and they sent an email back to the rep that was originally handling the case. And she had to send him an email back and basically told him, if you read the case file, it's this. It's always good writing. It's always good. Absolutely. She's seen that too. So honestly, this is one of those times. This is why I say be as anal as you can. And I really do hope, do you think that you'll get, do you think that you'll get a better resolution since you're going to be, for lack of a better word, CCing the DOT and have you gotten a response from DOT on the original complaint stuff yet? So, yeah. So DOT kind of said, you know, that they, that they received it and they kind of said, you know, they said, we're, you know, we're making sure you should hear from the airline. Um, so the, the, basically, uh, I'm, I have now a contact directly with DOT as well as this Alaska airlines person. 
Um, yeah. And so the, their response was very short. It was more just, you know, we we're aware of it. We're, we t- we're taking it seriously. So now this is what I got from the airline. And so that I want DOT to see that. And then, yeah. you know, and we yeah. are going, we are going to copy um, DOT, which mm-hmm. I would recommend everybody do, yeah. especially in this case where, where the response is just absurdity. Yeah. Um, but, but I would do it in every case um, because yeah. for two reasons, one is, uh, I think the airlines need to know that you're not letting it go. That, um, and they also need to know, DOT needs to know that you don't accept that response, that, that, that you don't believe that was it. Because what happens next in the process is DOT is supposed to do their own investigation. And so it's really important that you tell them up front, um, I, I don't agree with in this case, basically anything they said, and here's why. And so in our response, we're walking through all of the issues, like the fact that she actually did have the form and she got on the first flight without any trouble. And whatever told her to go to the airport an hour early and she didn't get to pre-board and all of the things we've already talked. And we're walking through it again and reattaching the initial complaint. The other thing I would say too, and I'm guessing that you did this, Desiree, was the email, was there any emails in your junk or spam or anything like that? Um, Any similar folders from that airline? Because I have had some stuff. No, I checked, you know, I couldn't even get them to send me my service animal ID, like the DO, I'd fill out the form and um, I finally actually just had to get it over the phone because for what, and I tried two different email addresses. Like I wasn't getting anything from them with that oh stuff in it. So, so well, if they that, did that try to send me something, hope. who knows? But and I mean, I also, this hope. I also want to say that I have flown Alaska and I have called the accessibility hotline for different things and they have never emailed me after one of those phone calls either. So uh, yeah. so I think there is an issue there. And again, this is why doing this stuff is important. Uh, do we have any other, and thank you, Don. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah. Do we have any other questions in Zoom or Clubhouse? Um, No, we don't have any more hands raised here. How about in Clubhouse? Uh, no, we don't. Okay. So what we'll do then, uh, first we'll, you know, Desiree, do you have any final thoughts you no, want to share I, with people about this experience or anything like that? I think it's kind of a nice, you know, segue into, you know, why why we, we want to do all of this. So, yeah, I think... And I think we're good there and we'll keep everybody updated as we uh, get more more stuff from them. Okay, so what I would like to do, and I hope we have some audience uh, participation here uh, because otherwise this won't work. <laughs> be a really short show. Uh, but I really do want feedback uh, from people on how this is working or not working or what you would like more of. Um, I'm. I'm thick-skinned. I really want this to be our podcast of learning about our rights. Uh, So I need to hear from you. Uh, If you're more comfortable 
you can feel free to go to the Demand Our Access website and you can fill out the contact form. Um, some people already have. I, I appreciate that very much. Um, or you can email me at jonathan at demandouraccess.com. That's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at demandouraccess.com. So first, I just want to throw out a very uh, generalized, open-ended question. Uh, and it's two parts. You can answer one part, both parts, uh, whatever seems uh, good to you. So first, I'd like to know, what do you think of the podcast so far? And what could be different about the format or anything about the podcast to make it more useful for you? Um, so do we have any thoughts on that in Zoom or in Clubhouse? We have a raised hand in Zoom. Uh, Brandy Bryant, you may go ahead. Hello, Brandy. Hey, how are you? <clears throat> Good, thank you. I just wanted to say that um, I am really enjoying the call. This is, uh, I tried to come to the call a few weeks ago and there were some tech glitches. So I was happy to uh, join the call today. I don't have a lot to say in regards to the podcast itself, but I'm thankful that this exists. Um, I'm thankful that we have a, an opportunity to bring up our concerns and 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 questions for um, to demand our accessibility rights in various areas of um, of life, not just transportation, but in other areas. So I'm thankful that um, you um, are here to help help bring about some change, help us bring about change if we can. And so thank you. I just, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. I appreciate the comment. And while we're waiting to see if we have any other hands, I'd also like to say if anyone has any feedback on the website or the podcast files that are on the website, um, I, I would love to hear that too. So do we have any other raised hands? Yes, Dawn is back. Okay, you wanted feedback on the website and I'm also going to tell you something else in the documents. Documents, I do have some feedback on, but I'm gonna tell you the thing that I wanna tell you. So um, the we had a six part series um, seminar on disability rights and the history um, with Disability Rights Ohio, my state's, my state's disability rights um, federal designee and um, I actually shared with them, um, they were talking about the ACA and I actually did kind of share with them in the Q&A box. I did talk about your podcast and I did talk about the episode that you did and I did give them your website, Demand Our Access. So oh. <laughs> it is now in the recorded stuff that they have. Um, and um, so, you know, that that is kind of one thing that I was able to kind of share with them. So it is getting spread around. And the other thing that I want to say I think your website looks okay. Your documents, I have a little bit of an issue because I downloaded one and I went to go and try to look at the PDF and I went to go and look at the links. They are not showing up and I use voiceover um, screen reader on my iPad and they are not showing up as links. The CFR stuff is not showing up as a link. When mm -hmm. I try to go and do it, the only way I can get it to even do anything is if I navigate by links in my rotor mm -hmm. and so do just, it that way. Just to be uh, 
transparent about that, I realized there could be a, a, a PDF problem. Yeah. So for the last several episodes, uh, I have not used PDFs. What um, what file format have you used, if you don't mind it, me asking? It's all HTML on the website itself. Um, there's okay. no longer any need to download any file whatsoever. Okay. okay. Okay, because we had issues, and then I talked to an accessibility rep at Apple, and he said the links are in blue, so you might want to reach out. And I the links are the links I, were in blue because the that's how Word, which is where I was writing it, uh, my understanding is that's how it makes them look. Um, okay. and, and I can tell you the PDFs that are up there do read with Windows using JAWS and NVDA. I know that doesn't answer your problem. Uh, I don't and have base, access. And, and, yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand yeah. that, and I. And PDFs are generally not a good idea. And so I can tell you that as long as I'm doing this podcast, uh, I will never post uh, another PDF file. So uh, you should never encounter that problem again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, PDF and Mac and, and voiceover, I mean, they just, they don't play well together a lot of times. Yeah. It's, that's uh, just and all of. All of the files, like I say, they're in HTML. They have links. You can bring them up in your links list dialog box on a PC. You can navigate to them through the rotor on a Mac. Um, I hope they all have descriptive enough text. <laughs> so I, I focus on that. And in all of the podcast episode files, there is also an accessible audio player where you can listen to the recorded portions of the presentation. Uh, do we have any other questions or comments? Thank you. Uh, we have no more raised hands in Zoom. Okay. Do we have anything in Clubhouse? Oh, we got one now. Oh. Okay, this is a phone number. The phone number is um starts is with 518 and ends in 517 this is mary beth and I, I just have two quick quick things first off thanks thank you so much for this and the other podcasts that you're doing on this especially on this transportation thing um i mean i've spent a lot of my life traveling and this this whole acaa thing just seems to me like such a giant step backwards yes. so much harder to do what we've all done fine for almost a hundred years um and i guess it really has surprised me that there hasn't been some real groundswell on this because i'm sure that you know in each each horrible experience is horrible i'm sure that does desiree that you're probably not the only one that's had nope. this no nope. uh, and I true. think that you know, I'm just so surprised that, you know, there are many places in the blindness community that don't really seem to be too stirred up about this. And um, that that's I'm not asking you guys to answer anything, do anything. <laughs> I you know, thank you for what you're already doing. But it's just I just find it mind boggling that, you know, through my whole other rest of my life, my guide dog and I have been able to, to walk into yes. an airport, buy a ticket, get on a plane yeah. and go just like everyone else. And right. now it's like, you know, running up the down escalator to just get a flight. 
And and yes. there's actually honestly there I I think God, do I even want to take her with me right because I don't want exactly. to stress. Yeah, that's I tell her with a guy. I mean, that is terrible. sad. It is. It I is mean, sad. And but the other I've thing is the, the the fake service dogs that are all on these flights, uh-huh. so they can just uh-huh. make your dog's life so, miserable for the whole flight too. So I want to remind everyone of the disclaimer they play before this podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. That I'm speaking for myself. Uh, (laughs) Me too. But my personal view is that all of these laws are very weak. Uh, They are, it's no mystery. The Air Carrier Access Act was written with industry having a very prominent role at the table. Uh, And it shows. I mean, how can we pretend that it's the same travel experience when they have the right to tell you you have to show up early, earlier than everyone else? You have to fill out forms that nobody else has to fill out. You have to call repeatedly to try and get basic questions answered. Mm -hmm. Um, There is nothing equal about the experience for travelers with disabilities. And uh, I think that that is just true. And I think one of the reasons why I hope folks can learn that it's you can actually file these things, that you Mm -hmm. can do them, is because that is the only way this is going to change, is if people say, you know, I fundamentally disagree with the idea that I have to show up at the airport an hour before everyone else. And I don't, I, I just don't agree with the idea that, you know, I have to fill out all these forms every time that nothing is standard across the industry, that every airline has its own policy, and you have to figure that out every time you fly. Uh, the, the idea that this is anything like travelers for, uh, who don't have disabilities is patently absurd. Well, and I, and I think for us to know our power too, because, you know, for a very long time, um, I, I personally, and not just in travel, but in a lot of things, right. I would say, well, you know, they did kind of help me. I'm, I might've even taken what they said. Yeah, they gave, they did help me. They gave me a better seat. They kind of, you know, but realizing that I, you know, inside I'm thinking, gosh, you know, that doesn't quite feel right. It doesn't feel equal, but maybe I'm making too much of it. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that, you know, in, in talking about the podcast and, and what, you know, what's important is to tell people, to let people know, that, yes, you, you are, you do deserve to be treated with dignity and you do deserve yes. respect and you have more power than, you know, it's just knowing how to use that and, and how to explain it and, and use it in a way that it can actually make a difference. So that leads me to another question that maybe um, some folks will entertain for us is when you hear about filing a complaint if you've never done it what emotions does that bring about in you and and do you think it's something you could do Uh, and is this podcast helping you get closer to doing that um do we have any raised hands in zoom or clubhouse no one in. Oh, yes, we do. Brandy, you can go ahead. 
Hello. Um, so for me personally, filing a complaint feels, um, well, it feels futile. It feels like if I do this and make a big deal out of something that maybe isn't a big deal to other people, then <clears throat> nothing will get done. So what's the point? And my other my other reason for not often not filing a complaint is, yes, this is a big deal to me, but because it's not a big deal to someone else, they may not understand it at the level that I do. So um, am I just shooting a dead horse, really, like trying to bring home a point that they don't even understand? Um, so there's just a lot that, you know, as a disabled person, and I know many people echo this, uh, we grew up you know, with the idea that we should be thankful and grateful yep. for every little bit of anything that we get. Mm -hmm. So even yep. if it's a normal accommodation for the average person, we should still be thankful for it because someone did it for us and, and we're and, a burden to society. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'll be honest about that. Um, at this stage of my life, and it wasn't always true to be honest, but at this stage mm -hmm. of my life, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to be straight about this i'm not thankful my yeah. expectation is that i truly want the same experience that people without disabilities get or as close to that as i can reasonably expect and, and you deserve if it. i don't you and if i don't it. yes and if i don't get that um and I have the time and energy, you know, we, there are so many of these things, we can't take them all on. Right. But, but I will do something about it when that is not my experience, because, because that is my expectation for myself. My expectation is that my rights are just as important as anybody else's. And I am going to either get my rights, my legal rights met, um, or I'm going to do what I can when I can to hold people accountable. And to this point of, you know, does it work? I'll be honest. And I talked about this on, on, I think the first episode of the show. Uh, I, I have had some success with it. I think we will wind up having some success here. Um, we'll see only time will tell, but I think that the truth of it is, and I don't agree with it, okay? It's it's fundamentally wrong. But all of these laws are designed to be complaint-based. And I believe they do that deliberately because they don't actually want people, the rights to be enforced. They don't, I mean, when you send somebody a response like Desiree got that is just completely detached from reality, you don't take the process seriously. and. Um, you know, when they had wrote the law, they had a choice. They could have dedicated all kinds of enforcement people in DOJ. They could have even given um, states and local governments and things extra money to help them comply. They've done almost none of that, right? So they don't actually, in my view, again, in my view, they don't intend these laws to succeed that much. It's political theater. But because they write these laws and they want to take credit for passing them, we do have some rights. We do have some power. And if we exercise that power and we understand our rights, 
we can actually change the needle a little bit because if nothing else, they do at some point have to follow their own laws and regulations. Um, but what it is, is they don't expect us to hold them accountable and they don't hold air, the industry accountable unless you know something is done. It's all based on us, which again, is not a good or fair way to do civil rights law, but that's the system that we have today. Uh, do we have any other hands raised in Zoom or Clubhouse? No, sir, we don't in Zoom. We don't in Clubhouse. We don't have any in Clubhouse, okay? So um, just a couple of other things that may uh, get people talking. Um, one is, what topics would you like covered on the podcast? Um, it, we're trying to be pretty flexible. We were not supposed to do this episode today, um, but when we got the response from Alaska, we felt like people might want to hear this immediately, so we changed plans. So what topics would people like covered on future episodes? Uh, do we have any questions or comments in Zoom or Clubhouse about any of that? Uh, yes, we have Diana. Uh, yes, hi, this is very informative. Thank you for doing these. Um, I Thank you would for like coming. to, yes, um, I would like to see covered the issues of transportation. Well, not transportation, um, transfers from when you arrive at the airport and you can safely getting safely into the airport. I had a major mm -hmm. issue in December that was actually life-threatening for me and my uh, person that I went on the trip with because we're both blind and it was truly life-threatening and um, I just need to know what the right any what how that is handled um, when you get to the airport and getting safely into the airport and getting from the airport to your destination as far as what it was was we took a cruise and the cruise line, we paid for the cruise line to transport us from the airport to the ship and then from the ship back to the airport. And uh, when we got to the airport, the, the buses that take you there, they can't pull up right to the terminal entrance. You have, they, they park quite a ways away. And um, anyway, I won't, I won't go into the whole thing, but um I have other disabilities and so I need, I cannot walk except for short distances. And so I need a wheelchair and this whole wheelchair issue became a whole issue of yes, we had the cruise line representative with us, but the cruise line representative was not allowed to touch the wheelchair that I was in. They right. can, they can uh, roll your luggage along, but they're not allowed to try to touch the wheelchair. So basically my totally blind friend that went on the trip with me had so, to push my wheelchair. Yeah. So, and first of we all, were, I, and the buses were going by really, really busy right by the side of us. Right. And, you know, she, cause she's pushed totally blind and she, so he, right. So she's almost so, running us out into traffic. It was just, it was, it was, really I, I don't know. So I don't know, obviously 
there's a lot of things I don't know about this. So again, you know, these podcast episodes are not individual legal advice. But what right. I what I, I would say that. is, if I was in a situation like that, um, the idea that they can touch luggage and not a wheelchair <laughs> is uh, absurd. Uh, there's nothing that I know of. Um, now, this would not be a total air carrier access issue, um, but the cruise ship would be a Title III issue under the ADA, which is businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in this case, what I would say is, well, I need an accommodation from the crews uh, well, to modify this absurd policy you have, uh, because somebody has to take me out to where I need to be. And so, uh, but that's, you know, I would want to know where does this policy come from? Where is this rule? And then that's too bad. I'm making a Title III request for a policy modification uh, that somebody push my chair, um, and and that's how I would handle it as a. But um, I never have looked into cruises. I've never gone on a cruise myself, so I will file this away and see if Someday. I can come up with anything about that. Yeah, just in uh, general. If you have anything about that, that would be great. But just in general, what the airline or the. Uh-oh. Oh, it broke. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> and one of the things that, you know, we, we found out in some of the research, you know, done is that, you know, every airport seems to kind of have its own <laughs> policy where they can yeah. take you. Oh, we can't take you to meet the Uber because it's outside of the terminal. Yeah. This and and so well, it's and really this is hard to know what to do. And this is another area where the law is really bad, right? Because it says that they can take you to, you know, an area adjacent to the terminal, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens at some airports is the Uber or Lyft or whatever is over in the rental car parking lot or it's wow. on the street yeah. three blocks away. Oh and, my yeah. and, and I so actually had them happened, tell me to just count the they're like, well, you we'll just no. direct, we'll tell you which way to go, no. and you can just no. walk and count the garage or no. whatever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so the point is the point is that this is not um the law is bad, right? It should say it has to get you to your transportation as long as it's affiliated with the airport or mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. But but because this idea that uh, they can say, well, they only have to take you adjacent to the thing, but then the airport says, well, the Uber can't stop there. And mm -hmm. here's another good example. Where I live, we have a train station in the airport. I could technically take the train home if I wanted to. The problem is that the train station is only in one terminal, which makes sense, right? There's one train station. It can only be in one place. Mm -hmm. So where this becomes an issue is if you happen to use a flight that arrives at another terminal, the train station is no longer adjacent to your terminal, which means they could say, so sorry, we're not going to help you get out to where the train is wow. and, and that's why i say this it's another uh, the law doesn't 
imagine because honestly it's done with little involvement from people with disabilities and in my view our opinions uh count significantly less than do the opinions of the airline industry mm -hmm. or whatever industry it is in question mm -hmm. and so that's why these things happen but i will see what we can find on cruises and thank you for your feedback. just you anything ever... about getting into and out of the terminal because actually the cruise line representative if it wouldn't have been for him yeah. i don't know what we would have done i mean he yeah. he was actually doing he was actually as wonderful as he could be without like losing his job or something. Right. Um, well, but the idea that he can't touch a wheelchair is right. Is I mean, something's truth. amiss with right. that. So would you ever do a topic where you would say, okay, this is the law and maybe there's a, a, a way to kind of request an accommodation around the law. Like, okay, we all, we all, okay. We can figure out what the law is, but like you were talking about, okay, I'm just going to request a Title III accommodation. Would there be some way for people to know what kind of things they could request if the law doesn't actually help yeah. them? Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's where... Good. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and that's good. And that's where, this is why I really do want, we have a few minutes left. I really do yes. want feedback from people. Um, it's I can keep coming up with my own ideas and and putting stuff out there, but it would be much better if, the community said, these are the things we're most interested in. This is what we like. Like, for example, the people like this kind of interactive discussion more, or do people like where we have the recorded presentation? Now, sometimes we have to do that because it's the only way to get all the things out in a logical way and make sure I don't forget anything important. But but any feedback people have, that's why we're doing this today. I, I really want to know what, how this can best serve the community. So do we have any questions or comments in Zoom or Clubhouse? Uh, we have no more raised hands, and I would love something on cruises. Yeah, me too. It'd be fun to take one someday. Okay. <laughs> Um, we can definitely oh, do that. I have a raised oh. hand. Okay. It is. Jaws is saying it is Robertson. I don't know if it's Robertan or how it's pronounced, but you may go ahead. I'm here. Hello. Thanks, Michael. I mean, uh, Jonathan. This, these, I'm. These are awesome. Um, I would be curious. I don't know if it would take a whole episode or if it's answerable right now, but I would be curious what I, I'm, I'm kind of with Desiree. I'm planning to go on a trip on an air flying and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm debating, do I take the dog or don't I take the dog? Mm -hmm. And, and here's my, where I'm coming from. My airport is far enough away that I will be taking a, um, an hour and a half bus ride to get to the airport. So I'm picturing I get to the airport and now they won't let me get on the plane because some T isn't crossed or I isn't dotted. And now what? Mm -hmm. um, so wh what I would suggest um, is whatever airline you want it to. So let's start from this premise. 
Um, if you really want to bring your service animal, which most of us do, um, as bad as it is, we really can't allow them to keep us from doing that because it's not just an airport issue. If you're using a service animal, it impacts your independence for the entire trip. Yes. Not just mm -hmm. the airport. So we cannot allow them to do this to us. Same so, for Uber and Lyft and all that. Same too. thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of that. So mm -hmm. in this case, what I would honestly suggest to you is you you figure out the airline's policies. You can either do that on their website or call them um, and you ask them, you know, what forms, you know, and you get all that done as far as you can ahead of time. And now I think, sadly, uh, document you know, everything they tell document you. Document everything, <laughs> keep everything in writing. And, and then at the end of the day, you have you have to go. Now, if you do all that and you get to the airport and you took this hour and a half bus ride and they won't let your dog on. Being me, and everyone has to do their own <laughs> style and their own mileage. But if that was me, I would tell the person, and, it, and some of this depends on how much time you have. I would say, I need to talk to your pro, which is their civil rights officer who's supposed to know what the law is. And maybe you can work something out better with them. But I would tell them, uh, and I, if I had a way to do it, I would say, I want all of your names and I'm going to write them down. And if I don't get on this plane, I will be filing with the Department of Transportation. And if I, if I decide that you're violating and oppressing me as a person with a disability, I will go to the Department of Justice uh, and I will put all of you in it in my complaint. Um, so you need to let me on this thing right now. And I would say, I called the number on this day. I did whatever I, you know, all the steps. I did the form. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm just telling you, this is, I would just say, I'm just telling you right now, this is going to be much worse for the airline than it is for me when it's over, if I don't get on that plane. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to be very forceful and and very direct um because and it's hard it doesn't come naturally for a lot of us i i really struggle with that because i get into the situation and instead of being able to say this is my i mean i, I think it right but i i don't respond in that way and so they just think they can continue to take advantage of me and and it's hard to speak out like that mm -hmm. when it's not a natural inclination but it's important to that we try to learn that behavior a little more and, and feel it within ourselves that we do have these yeah. rights. And it's also, it, it's sad. You have to right? It's sad. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, and I want to acknowledge that I do. Two minutes. But, yeah. I, but there I are wonder... times that you really have to, you know, there are civil rights. And at some point I, you have to say, these are my rights. I wonder if it would be helpful to do a podcast or session in some way on um uh, how to respond you know like role playing mm -hmm. but right i think that's a great idea yeah i think that. if people yep. have people scenarios have some... we we have to go so if people have scenarios for that i think that's a great idea um and if you are willing to come on and voice one of the scenarios with me i would greatly appreciate that email me contact me through the website 
Thank you to Diana and Jane for helping today. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks at 2 p.m. Eastern with the next episode of the Demand Our Access podcast and talk to you all soon.